Welcome to the Stephanie Humphrey Podcast. We are a faith-based podcast featuring biblical teachings, Stephanie Sip and Say, and book discussions with author Stephanie Humphrey. Tune in to hear a word from the Lord and to tap into Stephanie's heart. We hope you enjoy listening and don't forget to subscribe. Blessings. In addition to going live on my YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, I also go live at 10 p.m. on my podcasting channels, including Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Blessings. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. God, we bless your name. Hallelujah. God, we honor you. Hallelujah. God, there's nobody like you in all the earth. Hallelujah. God, you stand alone in your reign and your rule. Hallelujah. God, you are the wonderful King. Hallelujah. The great I am that I am. Hallelujah. You are the God who is more than enough. Hallelujah. You are the God that healeth thee. Hallelujah. You are the God who sanctifies. You are the God that glorifies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You are the God who glorifies, who we glorify, God. And then in turn, you glorify us. Hallelujah. God, we thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. For being God and for being God all by yourself. Glory to God. God, I thank you. Hallelujah. That you alone are God. There is no other God that compares to you. There is none other God that comes close to who you are. Hallelujah. That comes close to your magnificence. That comes close to your glory. That comes close to your reign. That comes close to your rule. God, nobody compares to you. You are the one true and living God. Hallelujah. And we honor you as such. Hallelujah. We honor you as a one true and living God. Hallelujah. The God who is holy. Hallelujah. The God who makes no mistakes. Hallelujah. The God of all sufficiency. Hallelujah. Is who you are. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we honor you tonight, God. We honor you. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord God, for you are so worthy hallelujah you are worthy god hallelujah there's nobody like you god in all the earth hallelujah you stand alone hallelujah as god as savior hallelujah as king hallelujah as a one that we adore hallelujah as a one who knows us and loves us best hallelujah glory to you god hallelujah 
God, we just appreciate you today, God. We thank you for seeing us through dangers seen and unseen. Hallelujah. You've kept this, God. <laughs> You kept this all day, God, and we appreciate it, God. We thank you for it. We honor you for it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> God, you are awesome. Glory to God. You are wonderful, God. You are worthy of the praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Glory Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get this technology right, y'all, and I'm going to keep praising God till I do. Hallelujah. We glorify you, God. We magnify you, God. You are so worthy, God. Hallelujah. There's none like you, God. Hallelujah. In all the earth. Glory to God. And we bless you. And we honor you. And we give you glory. Glory to God. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You look, y'all, I'm going to have to start this. I think I'm going to have to start this broadcast over because things aren't quite going right on my end. So look, I'm going to log off and then I'm going to log back on. Amen. Oh, there we go. Hallelujah. Y'all can see me now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Having technical difficulties tonight, but God is worthy. Hallelujah. Our God is worthy. Glory to God. And I bless him on tonight. I honor the Lord. Yes. Yes. I will take the technical difficulties. It's okay. I'm not mad about it at all. <laughs> God is still good. God is still on his throne. God still reigns supreme. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. It's going to be a good word tonight, y'all. Hallelujah. God is going to speak to us by his spirit he is going to reveal himself to us in a new way as we elevate our thinking and i give him glory and honor for that tonight amen hallelujah thank you lord god hallelujah thank you god glory to god hallelujah so welcome to the week of restoration it has been such a pleasure hosting this event on this week. God has been good all week long. We started on sun on Saturday night with Love Lifted Me. Sunday night we had peace in the midst. Last night, Monday was um, joyful noise. And tonight we are going to elevate our thinking. Amen. We're going to take our thinking higher. Yes, we are. We're going to take it higher. So let's just go forth in a word of prayer. Hallelujah, God. We bless your name tonight. God, we honor you, God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God, we bless you. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> God, we appreciate you, God. I have so much joy in my heart, Lord God. Even with the technical difficulties, I have joy, God. I have peace, God. I have
have um, praise, God. I have a worship for you tonight, God. And so I thank you, Lord God, for blessing us even through the technical difficulties. Hallelujah. For being with us all day today, God. For watching over us, God. For protecting us, Father God. For being our strong tower, God. For being our peace. Hallelujah. For being our help on today. Hallelujah. God, for helping us not to tell anybody off today. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, that you gave us strength, God to make it through this day, God, to do our job, Lord God, to go about our day, God. You gave us the strength to do it, God. You gave us the wisdom to do it, God. You gave us the grace to do it. And we say thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we welcome you into this restoration night, God. We pray that you will have your way, God. We pray that you will move by your spirit, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray, Father God, that you will speak your word to us on tonight, Lord God, that you will touch our mind, that you will touch our heart, that you will touch our spirit, Lord God, that we will receive your word tonight to elevate our thinking, that we will receive your word tonight, God, to think on the things that you would have us to think on, to have the mind of Christ, God. God, to think of what's lovely and pure and virtuous and of good report, Lord God, and what's true, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will have a change of perspective on tonight, God. I pray that our thoughts will be moved, hallelujah, that our thoughts will be elevated, Lord God, that we will have a new way of thinking, Lord God, that will in turn give us a new way of doing things, hallelujah. And I thank you for it tonight, Lord God, that you will have your way, God. That you will speak your word, Lord God, that you will drop the nuggets, hallelujah, to us individually as this word is coming forth. I thank you for giving us your word on tonight. I thank you for this time of, of teaching, for this time of revelation, for this time of insight, for this time of change in perspective. God, I thank you for it, and I honor you for it, and I give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God is awesome. God is good. God is mighty. God is worthy to be praised. I'm ready to get into this teaching. I do have quite a few scriptures again for you on tonight. But before we get into it, let me give you our week of restoration song. It's a week of restoration, a time of celebration. As the Lord encourages our hearts and strengthens our soul, as He washes us within and makes us whole, it's a week of restoration. A time of celebration, the week of restoration. Hallelujah. I always get a little crackly there at the end, but it is the week of restoration. I encourage you to get your Bible out, get your journal, get your writing utensil so that you can write down these scriptures and have them ready to read over them a little bit later tonight or later in the week. So um, let's dive right on in. Elevate your thinking. We're going to start with Romans 12 and 2. Y'all already should have had y'all Bibles. Y'all knew where I was going at. 
Y'all in the spirit with me. So y'all knew I was going to Romans 12 and 2. And I actually want to read this out of the King James Version as well as the Amplified Version. And I recognize I did not write down my um, King James Version. So I, I know it by heart. That's probably why I didn't write it down. But I'm going to read it from the King James Version. Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of this, by the renewing of your, uh, your mind, my mind, so we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to read it also in the Amplified Version of the Bible because I love the way it reads in the Amplified Version. And I also have my NLT. I know I love me some New Living Translation. So as much revelation and insight as we can get, let's get it. So let's dive into this Amplified. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. I like that. Be transformed, transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. I love this Amplified version. So that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Elevate your thinking. The New Living Translations, translation of Romans 12 and 2 says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. <laughs> Good and simple. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I, I love this. Then you will learn to know God's will. See, when we're in the world, when we're thinking like the world, that negative thought, that vengeful thought, it is hard to decipher through what the will of the Lord is. But when we take on the mind of Christ, when we get rid of what Joyce Meyer coined as stinking thinking, when we elevate our thinking, then we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt, what God's will and purpose is for us in this life. If you don't know your purpose yet, if you don't know the destiny that God has placed within you, and if you haven't tapped in, you might have to think about what you're thinking about. Because there may be some thoughts that are on your mind that are hindering you from knowing the purpose and the will of God and then from walking out the purpose and the will of God. So let's talk about it. Oh, I do have another scripture. Oh, my Philippians 4, 8 in scripture. Then we're going to talk about it. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, 
Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I also have 2 Corinthians, but we're going to get to that a little bit later. So elevate your thinking. So to elevate means to rise or excuse me, to move or raise to a higher place or position, to lift up to raise the spirits, or to put in high spirits. Thinking is our rationale, our reasoning, judgment, and our reflection. It is God's desire, as Romans 12 and 2 tells us, it is God's desire for us not to think of things the world's way, but to think things as God would have us to think them. What's lovely, what's true, what's honest, what's pure, what's of good report, what's virtuous. If there be any praise, virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Yes. So let's talk about, let's think about what we're thinking about. Let me read what I wrote because I really like what I wrote. I wrote, God's desire is not to have the world's way of thinking, which equates to the world's way of doing things, but think according to his word so that we will, so that we do, so what we do will be reflective of the mind of Christ. So what we do will be reflective of, of the mind of Christ because what we think is oftentimes, most times, almost all the time, put into action. As you think, so are you. What we think and dwell on, those are the actions that are going to come forth in our attitude, in our behaviors, in our interactions with people, in our relationships, and our communication. So our actions, our excuse me, our thinking leads to our actions. So let's talk about it. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about right now? What are you thinking about when you're sitting all alone at home or in your car? What do you think about when you're ready to go to bed? Like, What are the thoughts that come to your mind? When you're with your family, what are you thinking about? When you're at work, what are you thinking about? When you're sitting at church, what are you thinking about? Now, depending on how long the service is going, I'll be thinking about what am I going to eat at the church, but that's neither here nor there. So what are you thinking about? What are the thoughts that come to your mind the majority of the time? For example, like what are your thoughts that come to you at least 60%, 70%, 80% of the time? When you take a moment to think, what comes to mind? I'm going to tell y'all what be on my mind. Lately, what has been on my mind, 
besides the normal things and making sure you know i'm going to work making sure the bills are paid making sure the ministry you know, like be free ministries and my other ministry is going strong like i'm always thinking about my ministry i'm always thinking about my business i'm always thinking about writing um i'm always thinking about like my family so those are some constant things that stay on my mind but lately you all it has been on my mind to, to do a wheel I pray that the Lord is not about to call me home, but it's really been on my mind to, to sit, sit down, to talk with like an expert, a professional, and get a wheel together. I've been thinking about retirement. I am, I am 20 plus years away from retirement, but I've been thinking about retirement. Am I going to have enough money when I retire? I've been thinking about investing. I need to invest more. So those are some of the things that has been on my mind that I've been thinking about what's going to happen as my life progresses, like nearing the end of my work life, what is going to be happening during that time. And then when God calls me home, what is going to happen, you know, what's going to happen with my assets and different things that has been on my mind a lot lately. Also, my health. My health has been on my mind a lot lately. And so with my, with the wheel and all of that, I, do, I did put a plan in place. I do have some steps that I'm going to take to get my wheel together and to um, make sure that I'm ready for retirement. So those thoughts are on my mind, but I put a plan in place so that those thoughts will not hinder my walk or hinder what God has called me to do. Amen. So again, I've been thinking a lot about my health. You know, I've been getting some aches and some pains, the, the left, right knee been a little funky, the hip been a little crazy. So I've been thinking about what in the world is going on with my health. I've been thinking about what am I eating? Am I exercising? What am I putting in my body? You know, what vitamins am I taking? So I've been thinking a lot about my health lately. And again, when I'm thinking about something heavy like this, I try to put a plan in place. So I've already reached out to my doctor. <laughs> I'm going to be seeing her in a couple of weeks. I have already released my thoughts to her about my health. I'm going to see her in a couple of weeks and then we'll talk about it. So thoughts are always coming to our mind. What we think about, we need to think about what we're thinking about. Because again, what we think about, we need to have some actions towards it. I was thinking about will and retirement. I put an action plan in place. I'm thinking about my health. I've already put my action plan in place. So again, what are you thinking about? What are your thoughts? Are your thoughts positive or are they negative? Do you think positive about yourself? Do you think well of yourself? Do you think good about yourself? Do you think good about your family, about your life, about your job, about your situation, about what you're going through, about the good things in your life? What are you thinking about? Again, what we think about is usually applied to our life. It comes out in our actions so what we think about so thinking is how we process information right so i told you i was thinking about a wheel i was thinking about my retirement um what's going to happen with that i was thinking about my health so all of that came about because health came about because i'm feeling aches and pains so i'm like okay something needs to happen with my health so thinking is how we process information i'm thinking about getting the wheel together doing the retirement because i know eventually i want to stop working eventually the lord is going to call me home so i need to have a plan in place so i have gathered information in order to put that plan in place so again thinking i know that was a lot right thinking is how we process information how do we receive information? We receive information through the conversations that we have. 
We receive information through the news, through the newspaper. Do y'all still get newspapers? Like I know family members who still get newspapers. So we receive information through newspapers. We receive information through electronic means, whether that be an email or a text message. We receive information on social media. And we even receive information through the images that we see. Like, I don't know about you all, but with some of the shootings that have happened with our black and our brown boys and our black and brown girls, some of those images that I've seen on the screen, they they don't haunt me or anything, but I think about them sometimes. I think about the parents who have lost loved ones through, you know, police shootings and and even the, the image of Michael Brown like lying in the street for over four hours, just his dead body lying there. That 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 told me a lot. That gave me a lot of information about the police about the community, about what they thought about brown and black people. So again, what we think about, our thinking is how we process information. And how we process information is, we process information through our filters. So your filters could be your education. Your filters are your morals, your values, your relationships, how you grew up. Um, you know, whatever you learned when you were growing up, those are all your filters. So all of this information that we are receiving is being processed through the filters of our mind. For example, my thinking as an educator, my thinking is that children need to be respectful. I think that's probably an old fashioned way of thinking. I don't know, to me it's still new fashion, but somebody else may think it's old fashioned. So my way of thinking is children should say, may I, please, yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir, Thank you. That's my way of thinking. And that's what I taught my children in the classroom to do that. Now, somebody else, and I, I learned that growing up. So I'm filtering, I'm processing that information. I'm filtering it through my upbringing, through my personal morals and values. And so that's what has come out of me. That's what I dispensed to my children. That's what I taught to my children. And that was my expectation. So our thought life is being filtered through everything we've learned throughout our lives, through all our morals, through our values, through what our mom taught us, our dad taught us, our grandparents taught us, our aunts and uncles taught us. All of that information is being filtered through those things. And depending on what we were taught, you all, depends on if we need to filter that information out or if we can maintain that information. For example, I learned some things from my mom about, about relationships with men that I don't didn't necessarily agree with growing up. But, well, or so, I had to learn, well, what is God's way of doing things as it relates to relationships? Like, what does God say about romantic relationships? What does God say about even friendship relationships and family relationships? So some of the things that we learned some of that information that we've received growing up may not be good for us today. So we have to, again, think about what we're thinking about. Think about what we've learned. Think about the information that we were receiving. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, if it doesn't line up with God's ways of thinking, if it doesn't lead us to things that are true and lovely and of good rapport and things that are virtuous, then those thoughts need to be totally dismissed 
from my mind. Amen. Amen. Let's get a little bit into the word. I know that was a long explanation, but let's get a little bit into the word. So we're going to go straight to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Second Corinthians, I said First Corinthians, but Second Corinthians, chapter ten, verse three through five. For though we, this is a King James version. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The New Living Translation says we are human, but we don't wage war as humans. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey God. So in this section, take your thoughts captive. Just because a thought comes to your mind does not mean you have to dwell on it. For example, if you look at somebody else's husband <laughs> or somebody else's wife and you begin to think, mm, I like the way they carry themselves. Oh, they're handsome. They're beautiful. I like the way they interact with their children, you know, and you begin to think, hmm, I can make them mine. No, 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 no. Bring that thought into captivity because that's not your husband. That's not your wife. That's somebody else's spouse. Bring that thought into captivity. That is an evil thought. <laughs> that is a thought from the enemy. Bring that thought into captivity and make it subject to the Holy Ghost within you. Amen. So just because a thought comes to your mind, it does not mean you need to dwell on it. And even when you're with a group of people and you're having discussions, you're talking, whether it's your family, your friends, your coworkers, you're in a book um, study or a Bible study or another type of discussion. And just because you're in that group discussing whatever it is that you're discussing does not mean that you have to adopt the thoughts or the perspective of that group, especially if the thoughts of that group or the thoughts of that individual or the perspective of that individual is worldly, is negative, they slander in people's name, they talking about people, you don't have to take on that thought. You don't have to take on that perspective. We are to have the mind of Christ and we are to think of what Philippians tell us, what's true, what's lovely, what's pure, what's honest, what's of good report. We are to think on these things. So if a thought comes to your mind, whether it's suicidal thoughts, you all, whether it's thoughts that you want to harm someone else, harm yourself or harm someone else, whether it's you, you know, lusting after somebody else's spouse, whether it's you even speaking negative, negative about yourself, like I'm fat, I'm stupid, I'm dumb. When those thoughts come to your mind, 
take them captive, dismiss those thoughts because those thoughts are from the enemy. They are not the mind of Christ. They are not the thoughts that the Lord would have us to think on. So every negative thought, bring it subject, pull down that stronghold. And you know, and I, I mentioned it on Sunday night, um, excuse me, Saturday night, but I'm even thinking about women or men, but mainly women who are abused and you your spouse or your boyfriend, they're speaking negative to you. You stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly, you never amount to anything, you're fat, you're out of shape, you know, you're, you can't manage money, you, you're no good. You know, those negative words, when you hear negative words like that, over and over and over and over and over again, you begin to believe those words. So I would say to you, those words that you're hearing from that spouse or that boyfriend, again, if you can get free, you know, if you can get free, if you can get away, please get away. Pray and ask the Lord to give you some help. But even if you're still in that situation and they are speaking those negative thoughts, pray. Ask God to give you his mind. Ask God to help you to think on what's true, on what's lovely, on what's honest, on what's pure, on what's good, what's of a good report. Ask God to give you the mind of Christ. Ask God to give you positive thoughts that drives out that negativity that you are hearing. Even if you are speaking negativity to yourself, stop it. Stop it now in Jesus' name. You are intelligent. You are smart. You are accepted. You are are loved, you are beautiful, you are unique, you are creative, you are an, invent, uh, an, an inventor. Think on these things. Think well of yourself. Think positive of yourself. If it's negative, pull it down. Even words that people have spoken over you or to you that has saturated your thought life, pull those strongholds down. Pull those negative thoughts down. Dismiss them in the name of Jesus and think on what, what did I say? What's true or what did the word say? What's true, what's pure, what's lovely, what's a good report. Think on those things. So pull those strongholds down. Do not dwell on negative thoughts. Y'all, I've already told you at the beginning that what we think about is put into action. And if you think negative about yourself, your lifestyle is going to reflect negativity. Your actions are going to reflect negativity. Your relationships are going to reflect negativity. Your work um, or your job performance is going to reflect negativity. Your relationships are going to reflect negativity. So if you're having negative thoughts, depressive thoughts, pull those strongholds down. Pull those thoughts down. Make sure that every thought that you are thinking aligns with the word of God. If it doesn't align with the word of God, it's from the enemy. Dismiss it. Pull it down. If it does not line up with not only God's written word, but God's word that he speaks to you in your prayer time and in your worship time and in your communing with him, even those direct words that God speaks to you, um, dwell on those words, speak those words, live by those words. And any words that come against what God speaks is from the enemy. Dismiss it. Pull it down in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a few examples of some false arguments I've heard. Now, I have heard people say, I don't know if you have or not, but I've heard people say that there are many paths to God. That even though God has different names, it's still the same God. 
That's one of those false arguments that 2 Corinthians talks about. You may, we, we know that our God is God, Jehovah God, the great I am that I am. We know that the Muslims, they have Allah. The Hindu, they have the divine being Shiva. And then I've heard people, haven't heard it much lately, but people used to talk about the universe. So I'm in tune with the universe. So the universe is blessing me. Let me tell y'all something. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. The different gods through these different religions, that is their God. That is not Jehovah God. That is not the God we serve. So if you are in a, a group and they're conversating about um, God has these different names, please speak the truth to them. <laughs> please let them know, no, God Jehovah is his name. That's the only name he has is God Jehovah. He's not Allah. He's not Shiva. He's not the universe. He is God Almighty. And don't let those false um, arguments, those false teachings, don't let it hinder you. Don't let it dismiss you. Um, from God or separate you from God, the one true and living God, Jehovah God, that is his name. He is the only one. So any false arguments we have or that we hear, excuse me, we have the right because we carry the Holy Ghost and we carry truth. We have the right to dismiss those false arguments. Let me give you this scripture, Acts 15. Um, oh, I didn't write my verse down. So we're starting with verse one, actually. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived that began to teach the believers. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. So right here, y'all, we have a we have some human reasoning going on. We have some human reasoning going on amongst the apostles. So verse three, oh excuse me, verse two. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem accompanied by some local believers to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. So the question was, should the Gentiles be circumcised? We understand in the Old Testament that God gave the law to Moses and part of that law was for, the, for men to be circumcised. Woo, 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 woo. So circumcision was a part of the Jewish, Jewish, Jewish faith. It was a part of their customs. It was a part of their religion based on God's law that he gave to Moses. And so here we have some human reasoning. We have the apostles saying, well, the Gentiles also need to be circumcised. But Paul and Barnabas is telling them, no, 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 no. The Gentiles should not have to be circumcised. Let's hear what they say. Paul says on verse seven, excuse me, verse six. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue, verse seven. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts. And he confirmed he accepts the Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did us. 
He made no distinction between us and them, for he, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe, verse 11, we believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. So they listened to what Paul had to say. If you read the verses further, you get James. Even James offers some revelation and some insight. So even though human reasoning may say one thing, human reasoning was we got to follow the law of Moses. We've got to have these Gentiles circumcised. But see, that was the old covenant. That was the old testament. We have a new way. Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. So the new way is that salvation is received through grace not by works, but through the grace of God. So none of us can boast. So none of us can say we did it. We saved ourselves. So, so salvation came about by grace. So the apostles, they sat, they talked it through. And what they decided is, is that the Gentiles did not have to be circumcised. So sometimes human reasoning can be a hindrance to our thought life. I think about when I was growing up and some of the the human reasonings as a standard of holiness. I could not wear pants to church, couldn't even wear pants to, um, to Bible study, to prayer meeting, couldn't wear pants to um, choir rehearsal because human reasoning was you got to be holy. And that was for, you know, for the women, of course, because men wear pants anyway, but women must be holy. So we had to wear a dress or a skirt. We could not wear tank tops or even any kind, even if it was a nice sleeveless blouse, you could not wear that in the Missionary Baptist Church that I grew up in. So again, human reasoning for God's standard of holiness. Sometimes people's legalism or sometimes people's rules can hinder us from being the full of who God has called us to be. Don't let human reasoning hinder you from being who God has called you to be and from doing what God has called you to do. I'm even thinking about the fact that I'm a woman an ordained minister. When I grew up in the missionary Baptist churches back home, women were not allowed. <laughs> they were not allowed to preach the word. They can do a topic, but they were not allowed to preach the word. They could not do a sermon or preach a sermon. They could not be licensed to preach. They could not be ordained to preach. So y'all, so that was always on my mind. Human reasoning, the thoughts of man. So when God called me to preach at the age of 16, I didn't tell my mama. <laughs> I didn't tell her right away because my mom, that doctrine was ingrained in her. You know, it was it was ingrained in me as well growing up. But God had a, a God was God was doing something else in me. <laughs> God was doing a new thing in my heart, even in my teens. And so it took me a minute to tell my mom because again, the thoughts of the missionary Baptist church was women couldn't preach human reasoning, but the Holy Ghost of God, Jesus, God is telling me, Stephanie, I called you to preach. I remember it just as clear. I was in my bedroom and I was praying at the age of 16. And the Lord called me, he said, go into the world, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I was like, and God said some other things to me. And I was just like, yes, I received that. So God, so human, human reasoning or human thoughts did not line up with God's. And the Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. So I went with God and I believe what God said about me 
being a preacher, even though my the, 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 the thoughts and the doctrines that I grew up with said I couldn't be, but I believe God's report. And it wasn't until 99 that I preached my first sermon. God moved me. He got me um, into a church that was spirit filled and the man of God, you know, he released women to preach the word, you know. So, yes. Yeah, so sometimes the thoughts of man, even church men and church women, sometimes their thoughts or their way of thinking or their way of doing things can hinder what God has called us to do. But I decree to you, I declare to you, I encourage you, do not let man's thoughts, man's way of thinking, man's reasoning, do not let it hinder you from being the fool who God has called you to be. Don't let man's thoughts keep you in bondage. Because like, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I refused to be in bondage. I was speaking in tongues when I was, I think, 16 or 17, we didn't speak tongue. We did not speak in tongues in the Missionary Baptist Church. Like that was a no-no. I even heard one of the deacons say that speaking in tongues was of the devil. That thought was on my mind, but the Lord, the Holy Spirit, I got saved at 16. The Holy Ghost came upon me and that came with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You don't have to speak in tongues, that's fine. But mine came with the evidence of speaking in tongues which was interesting because again, I grew up with the thought that said speaking in tongues is of the devil, but I did. I speak in tongues and I do it even till today. I remember that that thought was so prevalent in my life that, or prevalent, yeah, in my upbringing, in my life, that when I went back, I, I did my initial sermon. Um, I, my mom asked me to come to her church, Missionary Baptist Church, to preach the word. I think it was during Mother's Day or during Women's Day. I told the Lord, I remember very clearly telling God, God, I don't want to speak in tongues because I know that's not what they do here. First of all, I had my dress on. Uh, I, I was a pants wearing person to church at that time, but being respectful of their traditions and their thoughts, I had my dress on and I told God clearly, God, I just don't want to speak in tongues here because I know what the doctrine is. I know the upbringing that I had here and I didn't want to. I was speaking in tongues, y'all. <laughs> Because let God be true and every man a liar. I cannot let man hinder me. I cannot let man keep me in bondage. I had to go with God. I had to flow in the Holy Spirit. And I was speaking in tongues as I was praying. And I had one of my little cousins actually ask me about it. She was like, what language were you speaking? I was like, that was my spiritual language. So again, don't let man's thoughts, don't let their words, don't let human reasoning hinder you from doing all that God has called you to do and from being who God has called you to be. Because y'all, if I let that upbringing stay with me, I wouldn't be preaching the gospel today. I wouldn't have my own ministries today. Like, I don't know who I would be, but I thank God that I got a revelation that God be true and every man a liar. And to know that God's thoughts and that God's words supersede anybody else's thoughts. God's words and God's thoughts supersedes anybody else's words. It supersedes what my mama said, what my daddy said, what my grandparents said, what you say, what pastors have said, woo, what others have said about me, what others say about you. God's word, his written word and his um, dunamis word or his rhema word to you, it supersedes what any other word says. So again, don't let others' thoughts or what they 
thoughts about you, what they think about you, or what they think about what God has called you to do, don't let it hinder you. Dismiss those thoughts. Like 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 we say, talk to the hand. <laughs> All right, so don't let human reasoning hinder you. Amen. Amen. Let's go a little bit further into Romans. Oh, yeah, let's go back to Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To conform means to comply with rules, standards, or laws of a person. To behave according to socially accepted conventions or standards, or to be similar in form or type, or to agree. So look, y'all, I knew early on that I was a unique creation in Christ. Like, I march to the beat of my own drum. I just am unique. I just do what I do. I didn't intend to be this way, but this is who God has created me to be. And I have totally and wholeheartedly accepted it. And I do not conform to the ways of this world. I do not conform to what people think about me or what people have said about me. And yes, people have said some negative things to me about me. People have said negative things to my mom about me. People have said negative um, words or negative things about me to friends. That have you know that they've shared with me but i did not let those words i may have thought about them for a minute and it may have hurt my feelings or discouraged me and disappointed me but i didn't stay there too long because i'm going back to the word of god i'm going back to think on what's true and what's lovely and what's honest what's virtuous what's a good report i'm thinking on those things i don't have time for your negative thoughts about me because i got a destiny to fulfill i got i have ministry to do i got a job to fulfill in christ jesus i don't have time for your negative thinking your negative thoughts what you think about me that's between you and god i don't have anything to do with it just don't come with me don't just don't come to me with negative thinking okay don't come to me with your negative thoughts because i will dismiss them i will not conform to the ways of this world and and I will not conform to who you think I should be. And you don't, don't conform to who people think you are. Don't succumb, shrink down to the negativity that has been spoken about you. You're dumb. You're stupid. You never amount to anything. Do not conform to those words. I've already told you, you're creative, you're beautiful, you're brilliant, you're loved, you're accepted, you're worthy. Think on those things. Amen. So do not conform to the ways of the world. Don't even conform to the ways of the world and how they interact with people and how they engage with people. You know, a lot of times when a person does you wrong or a person does, a, a person of the world, when somebody does them wrong, they want to seek revenge. They want to get them. They want to tell them off. They want to talk about them. They want to slander their name. That's the way of the world. Do not conform to the way of the world. The Bible didn't tell us to seek revenge. The Bible told us to forgive. The Bible teaches us to love. The Bible teaches us to treat our neighbor as ourselves. The Bible says that that's how the world will know that we are Christ's disciples by our love. So that is what we are to show people who do us wrong or who speak negatively about us or who talk about us. And we know they're talking about us. We don't return talking about them, we return love to them. We can turn, we return compassion to them. So don't let what people say about you, don't let it hinder you and don't let it change you into somebody you're not. Because I've heard people say, I'm going to lay my religion down. 
<laughs> just to be able to tell somebody off, just to be able to curse somebody out. I'm gonna lay my religion out. Don't lay your religion down. Don't don't conform to this world. Don't revert back to who you used to be. Stay who stay saved. Stay Holy Ghost filled, stay transformed, stay renewed, stay restored. Don't lay your religion down because there is a way that you can talk to people to get them told, but still do it in a way of love. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. So you can say what you need to say. You can kind of defend yourself and do it in a way that is compassionate and do it in a way that shows love towards them, okay? So do not conform to the way of this world. Do not think how the world thinks. Do not seek revenge on those who have done you wrong. Pray for them and let God work that out. Amen. So do not conform. Do not, you know, there are so many things in our society that are socially accepted but that is not God accepted. Homosexuality is um, socially accepted, but it is not God accepted. Um, I can't think of any things right now that was kind of on my mind. Do not conform to things that are socially accepted, but are not God accepted, okay? I can't think of any other examples, but you you know, ask God to reveal it to you just because society says it's not right. Racism is another thing. Just because just because racism is running rampant in our in our society today does not mean that we have to conform to those racist standards. It does not mean that we have to necessarily wear our hair straight just because that is socially accepted for black people. I'm gonna wear my natural until the day the Lord calls me home, okay? So, and just because it's accepted to like look a certain way or dress a certain way, is socially accepted mainly for black people. You know, don't conform to the ways of this world. Do not conform to what's socially accepted if it's not God accepted, okay? And don't, again, don't let people put you in a box. Don't let people make you think you have to do a certain thing or be a certain way or talk a certain way to be accepted. We are children of God. We are his own special, unique creation. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. That's who we are. We are originals in Christ, and we do not have to copy the ways of this world. We do not have to succumb to their customs and their ways of doing things. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. What does it mean to be transformed? It means to undergo a change in form, appearance, or character. It means to change in structure, condition, nature, and character. Basically, it means to convert. <laughs> That's what we have to convert from the old way of doing things, convert to God's way of doing things. That's why salvation is needed because we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We follow in the ways of our flesh, trying to steal somebody man, trying to steal somebody woman, trying to steal somebody money, you know, doing things the way that the world does it. We are to be transformed. That's why when we're saved, when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart as our personal Lord and Savior, the Bible declares, be not, be, um, not conformed to this world. Don't stay 
in that worldly way of doing things. Don't stay in that worldly way of thinking. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, if you remain in that worldly state of mind, your actions are going to be reflective of that. If you do not allow yourself to be transformed by a change of mind, you're still going to want to cuss people out and you still may cuss people out. You still may want to go to the club. You still may want to commit adultery. You still may want to um, commit fornication. You still may want to drink. You still may want to to get your, get your little smoke on. So when we don't allow our thoughts to be conformed, then we're going to remain in that state of the world. But when we allow our thoughts to be transformed, when we recognize that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and I need to change the way of the way that I think so that I can have a, a new way of talking, so that I will have a new attitude, so that I will have a new way of engaging with people and interacting with people and building relationships. So the so the way the world of the the way of the world Sometimes we can have toxic relationships. Like if our thinking is not changed, we can have toxic relationships. We can stay in those abusive relationships or we can stay in those uh, negative relationships, those relationships where that man or that woman is speaking negative to us or speaking down on us. They're not encouraging us. They're not building us up. They're not helping us. They're not working with us as one, as a marriage covenant says. So when we stay in a state of worldly thinking, we might have toxic relationships, toxic business dealings, toxic um, communications with individuals. That's why we need to have a transformed life, a transformed mind, so that we can have a transformed life, so that we can have healthy thinking, healthy emotions, healthy relationships, healthy communications with people, a healthy attitude. So be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Let even a metamorphosis take place. Y'all know how butterflies do? They go through a period of metamorphosis. You start with a caterpillar, that big old fat caterpillar. And by the time that caterpillar is wrapped up in that chrysalis, and that life, that, uh, life cycle is happening, they turn out to be a beautiful butterfly. Let that metamorphosis take place in your life. Let that change from stinking thinking. Let that change take place so that you can be transformed. Y'all, I know who I used to be. My thoughts used to be so negative. My thoughts used to be... I used to be so in bondage with my thoughts that the enemy had me thinking that I was going to be killed, that I was going to be murdered, that I was going to be harmed if I went to certain places in the city. Like he had me so in bondage that I was only confined. I only went to certain places because the enemy had me thinking that something was going to happen to me if I ventured out. Y'all thank God for a transformed mind. Thank God for a renewed mind. Because I had that mindset that I was going to be harmed, I was in so so much bondage bondage to fear like fear had me gripped so bad because I was thinking I would be harmed if I went out of my normal fear of of travel and so y'all who we got to be be careful about what we're thinking about we have to be careful about those thoughts that the enemy brings to us we have to dismiss those thoughts immediately i stayed in that bondage way too long y'all i'm gonna just have to say it how it was i stayed in that fear had me grip those thoughts stayed with me i dwelt on those thoughts i believed those thoughts y'all I did not dismiss those. I did not pull down those imaginations. I did not pull down those strongholds. And I lived in fear 
But once I got a revelation that God is not, I, like I knew the scripture, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a I knew that scripture, but I didn't dwell on that scripture. I didn't allow that scripture to, to dismiss the negative thoughts that the enemy had brought to my mind. And so I lived in fear for a, a certain part portion of my life. That's why it is so important that we recognize what we're thinking about. And if those thoughts don't line up with God's word, then we need to pull them down. We need to dismiss them. We need to allow a transformation to take place in our heart and our soul by elevating our thinking, by thinking the things that Christ would have us to think. Y'all say it with me. What's true? What's honest? what's pure, what's lovely, what's of good report, we are to think on those things. Think on those things. To be renewed means to be restored, to be replenished, to be revived, to be reestablished, to make new as if new again. When we allow our thoughts to come in alignment with the God, then it transforms our very life. Y'all, I'm not the same person that I used to be. Ask my family. I And you can ask some of my friends. I am not the same person that I used to be. I don't think the same. I don't talk the same. I don't act the same. I don't build relationships the same because I allowed a newness, a restoration, a replenishing, a revival to take place in my heart and in my soul because I elevated my thinking. I began to think on what's true and what's pure and what's lovely and what's of good report. Those are the things that I start to think about. Those negative thoughts that I used to have about myself, I don't think those things anymore. I know that I'm beautiful. I know that I'm intelligent. I know that I'm educated. I know that I am unique. Oh my goodness, I'm so unique. I know that I'm a visionary. I know that I am creative. I know these things about myself. And those are the thoughts that stay on my mind most of the time. Those are the thoughts that I dwell on and my actions are reflective of that. Even how I interact with my coworkers are reflective of the positive thoughts that I have about myself. So be renewed, be restored, be revived, be reestablished. If you've gone back to being in like an abusive situation or a toxic environment, because your your workplace could be toxic. You go, you could have a boss that talks negative to you, that talks down on you. So you so tox, toxic environments are not just confined to relationships. It might be your house, like you might stay with your parents or another family, your, your siblings or another family members. That environment might be toxic. Again, your work life might be toxic. In those toxic atmospheres, if, if there are negative words or toxic words that are being spoken to us, like I said earlier in the broadcast, that hinders us, that affects us. If we dwell on those thoughts too long, we'll begin to think ourselves that way. If you can get out of toxic toxic environments, get out of them. Like, like even and even if you can't get out, sometimes you have to teach people how to treat you. 
Sometimes you have to teach people how to treat you. You have to let them know you're not going to treat me any kind of way. You're not going to speak to me any kind of way. You're not going to say anything you want to me because I'm not going to put up with the negativity that you're trying to bring to me, that you're trying to bring to my thoughts and you're trying to bring to my spirit. I'm not going to put up with it. I'm not going to deal with it. So even if you can't get out of a toxic environment, you know, because like for our jobs, we may not be able to leave our job. We nine times out of ten don't want to leave our marriage. We want to try to make it work. You know, we may have to stay with that family member. So we may not be able to readily leave that environment, but we can have a conversation and teach that person how to treat us. Let them know that you're not going to speak negative to me. Your, your spouse, we need to change this negativity in our marriage. We're like, we need to go to some counseling. We need to get some therapy because this negativity no is no longer working for me. These, these negative words you're speaking, they're no longer working. We, we got to do something different. All things need to be made new in our marriage, in our relationship, in this home environment. All things need to be made new. So be renewed, be restored, be replenished. How do we do this? Oh, I had some more scripture. And I, we're going to get to those scriptures. I'm going to tell you what Minister Cummins said last night. She said, what you focus on is how you feel. And I will add to that, what you focus on are the actions that we, will be released. So what you focus on is how you feel. What you're thinking about not only dictates your actions, but they dictate your atmosphere. So what you're thinking about, it dictates your atmosphere. If you're thinking on positive thoughts, if you're thinking well of yourself, if you're thinking well of your spouse, your children, your coworkers, that's going to come out in your atmosphere. If you're thinking, I'm brilliant, I'm intelligent, you know, I can write this book, I can start this business, I can do, you know, start this ministry, I can travel internationally. When you think on those thoughts, it will transform your atmosphere and in turn, it'll transform you. It'll transform the people around you. It'll transform those co-workers. It'll transform that toxic environment. So what you think about, what you focus on, it dictates how you feel. So think on what's true, what's lovely, what's pure, what's honest, what's of a good report. Think on those things. I do have a scripture for you that I want to share, and I think this might be my last scripture because um, I think I went a little longer than I wanted to, but I think this might be my last scripture. I do have a few more, but I'm going to stick with 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, verse 3 through 8. I love this particular scripture. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with a famine in the city, we will starve if we go there, if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. So what was going on during this time? There was a war going on in Israel. The Aramean army, they had set up camp and they were ready to attack. Um, there was also a famine going on in the land at this particular time. So they had a lot of different things going on. So there were these four lepers. Y'all go back and read 2 Kings chapter 7. But there were these four lepers. They were sitting at the edge of the city. They knew that if they went, you know, went one way, the famine was waiting. If they went this one way, the army was waiting. So they're like, what should we do? So this is what they decided to do. 
um, they decided they decided to get up. They decided to move. They elevated their thinking. They decided, look, if we stay here, we're going to die. We need to move. We either need to go towards the famine or we need to go towards the army. So they got up and they went to the army. So verse five. So at twilight, twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. So there were four men, four sets of feet, eight individual feet. They're walking to the city toward the Aramean army. Four men, eight, four sets of feet, eight feet walking towards the Aramean army. The Aramean army fled because the Lord allowed those eight feet to hear clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army. Those four men going into the city um, sounded like an army going towards the Arameans and those Arameans fled because they thought the army was coming, the, the Israelite army was coming and was gonna overtake them. So these lepers, and not only did these, the Arameans flee, but the lepers were able to get food because they had, you know, they had some food set up in the camp. They were able to get food. They actually got some spoils. They were blessed in a sense because they elevated their thinking. They decided, well, we're going to move. We got to do something different. Like us sitting here, it's not helping because all we're thinking about is we're going to sit here and die. We don't have any food. We're in a famine. The army going to come anyway. They elevated their thinking and the elevation of their thinking caused them to sound like a great army. And then they were fed. <laughs> They were fed and then they got them some stuff, y'all. They got them some stuff. They plundered the tents of the Arameans. So again, sometimes in our elevation, a move has to take place. A shift has to take place. A transition has to take place and transformation will take place. So think again on what's lovely, on what's true on what's pure, on what's honest, on what's of good report. Think on those things. Do not let the negativity of people hinder you from being who God has called you to be and from doing what God has called you to do. I'm telling y'all, if y'all need some help, if y'all need some encouragement, talk to me. I will help you. I will encourage you. If you're afraid, if you're nervous about it, if you're having some anxiety about being free in Christ Jesus, being free to be who God has called you to be or do what God has called you to do because of the negativity of man or because of the traditions of man, talk to me and I will help pray you through and encourage your way to your destiny. Okay. So think of what's true what's pure, what's lovely, what's of good report, what's virtuous, think on these things. So I'm finished with my teaching. I felt like I went really, really long, but I hope that you got some nuggets. Before we leave, I know this is the week of restoration. This is a service, but we are go we're gonna do a quick activity because I want you to start generating some positive words about yourself, some positive affirmations about yourselves, some positive thoughts towards yourself. I want those to be generated before we leave this broadcast. I meant to tell you at the beginning to get a piece of paper and get a pen. So if you have your journal, if you have your pen, 
get that ready if you're sitting in front of your computer and you can do that get that ready we're gonna do a quick activity you may not want to do it now but I'm gonna do mine now you can do yours later while you're watching me do mine that's okay but again I just want us to take a moment to just get some positive affirmations and get some positive words so that our thinking can be elevated so that we can have the mind of Christ so that we can think on the things that God says about us what has God spoken to you about you? What words has God said to you about you? Do you believe that report? Do you believe God's words or you do, do you believe the negativity that has spoken has been spoken about you? I encourage you to believe God's words about you. Ephesians 1 says that we are accepted, we are chosen, we are loved, we are adopted, and it says some other things I can't remember right now. Get in Ephesians 1 so you can hear what God says about you. Read God's word so that you know what God says about you. You are a chosen generation. I told you earlier, you're a chosen generation. You're a, a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar people. You are fearfully and wonderfully made that your soul should know right well. God speaks well of you in his word. So speak well of yourself. Speak truth to yourself. Speak facts about yourself. It is okay to pat yourself on the back. It is okay to boost yourself up. It is okay to know I am intelligent. I am educated. I am a business owner. I am a millionaire. I am a thousandaire. I am a multimillionaire. I am this. I am that. Whatever your I am is Speak it to yourself. It's okay to speak truth about yourself, to speak facts about yourself. That's that's good. You should do that. We are not to think, our, think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. The Bible talks about that. But we can be confident in who we are. We can be confident in who God has called us to be. We can be confident in the destiny that God has placed within us. And we can speak that to ourselves. And we can either even let other people know. Like if they try to say, well, you know, you're a woman, you can't preach. Well, actually, God called me to preach. <laughs> you don't hear me God called me the Holy Ghost of God God directly called me to preach a word so again don't let negativity don't let what other people say about you or say to you hinder you from being the fullness of who God has called you to be so get your paper I was giving y'all time to get y'all paper right get your paper we are gonna do an acrostic some of you have already done this with me what I want you to do is I want you to get your paper I should have been prepared and I want you to write my name is so long y'all but I want you to write your name straight down the paper either horizontal or vertical you can even write a diagonal if you want to write each letter in your name and if you already speak well to yourself, then elevate your thinking even more. What's your next season? What's your next um, I, I thing that God has called you to do? What's your next assignment? Like what has God, God called you to do next? And tap into those skills. Tap into who you are so that you can, again, operate in the fullness of who God has called you to, to operate in the fullness of what God has called you to do and operate in the fullness of who God has called you to be. So even if your, your mind, you're like, I'm good, I'm good in my mind, will elevate your thinking even more. Maybe it's time for you to elevate your thinking into starting your own business. Maybe it's time for you to elevate your thinking into writing your own book. You know, maybe it's time for you to elevate your thinking into investing more. Maybe it's time for you to elevate your thinking and, and talk to some millionaires so you can know what they did to get to their status. So again, elevate your thinking. So this is our activity. I want you to take a word. 
and assign a word to every letter in your name. And actually, I'm going to type it in the chat. I'm going to type mine in the chat. And if, and you can too, but I'm going to type mine in the chat. I'm going to say for Stephanie, oops, for S, I'm sassy. My mama can attest to that. For my T, I am tenacious. For my E, I am ever ready. Because when God tells me to do something, y'all, I'm going to do it. In 2019, in 20, 2008, God told me to, he released me to start my own business. 2010, he released me to start my own ministry. This year in 2021, April, he released me to start another ministry. He released me to do my 10-day event for my um, anniversary. He released me to do this week of restoration. I am ever ready to do what God has called me to do. I don't care what you think about it. I don't care what others feel about it. I'm going to do what God has called me to, to do. So I'm ever ready to do what God has called me to do and to go into the new territories that God has called me to do. I am ever ready to do that. So for my P, I'm going to put I'm powerful. Y'all can't tell me nothing. <laughs> Y'all can tell me something, but I am powerful and you can't tell me nothing different. For my H, I'm going to put that I'm honest because I really try to live a life of integrity. For my A, I'm going to put... Ooh, I don't know what I'm going to put for A. Moving on. For N, I'm going to put no nonsense. Yeah, because I don't have time for foolishness and, and mess, y'all. That might be why I'm not married now, but that's a different topic. So I'm no nonsense. Praise the Lord. For my I, I am intelligent. And I have the degrees and the experience to prove it. And for my other E, I'm going to put... Hmm... I don't know what I'm going to put for my other E. Energetic. I'm going to put energetic. Y'all, I think I have a lot of energy. So for my E, I'm going to put energetic. And so for my um, for my A, oof, I'm going to put, um, I don't know, y'all. Mama, what you think? I know you, I know you listening to me. What should I put for my A? Uh, I'm going to just put able. For lack of a better word, I'm going to put able. So that is who God has, that is what I think about myself. I think I'm sassy. I think I'm tenacious. I am ever ready. I am powerful. I am honest. I am able. I'm no nonsense. I am intelligent and I am energetic. So what do you say about yourself? I didn't finish it up, but what do you all say about yourself? What do you think about yourself? Again, what you think about yourself, that's how you're going to, to do. That, those are the things that you go, or those are the actions, excuse me, that you're going to take. What you think about yourself, those are the actions that you're going to take. That's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to speak. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you think about yourself is usually settled in your heart, and that's what's going to come out of your mouth, and that's how your actions are going to be. So think well of yourself. Think confidently about yourself. Think good things about yourself. Think positively about yourself. I'm going to tell you one more time. You are creative. You are unique. 
You are special. You are accepted. You are chosen. You are loved. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You are handsome. You are creative. You are an, an, an adventurer. You are an adventurer. And then add your own. I am. I am. I am. Elevate your thinking. Get your thinking to such a state that what anybody else says, it just kind of bounces off your mind. It kind of bounces off your thought life. It's like an arrow that doesn't even penetrate. It's like an arrow that doesn't even prosper. Get a, a positive self-image, a positive thought life so that you have a positive self-image about yourself. Be confident in who God has called you to be. And again, think on those things. <laughs> Y'all, we're going we gonna to get this Philippian scripture, y'all. Think on what is true, on what is honest, on what is just, on what is pure, on what is lovely, on what is of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on those things. Elevate your thinking. Let your thinking rise. Because as your thinking rise, you are transformed. And as you're transformed and elevated, God will elevate you in him. God will elevate you in your, in your, on your job. God will elevate you in your marriage, in your family, in your ministry. Y'all, let me tell y'all, let me give y'all a testimony before I let y'all go. I am in a new position this year as I've spoken on my broadcast. So in, 20, in the 2019 and 2020 school year, yeah. Yeah, the 2019 and 2020 school year, I got a new position. I became an itinerant teacher for um, the school system. And I, as an itinerant teacher, I went out to centers to work with children with IEPs. And I also served on the assessment team. Y'all, I loved the assessment team but I did not like going out to the schools. Like I did not, I did not like going out to early learning centers. I did not like going out to education centers. I did not like that part of the job. And it became reflective in my attitude. That thought became reflective in my attitude. And you know what I had to do, y'all? I had to do like the, the, the four lepers. I had to elevate my thinking. I had to get a new perspective on this thing. I had to decide, look, Stephanie, this is a part of the job. You might as well get in line. This is what this is what you wanted. You wanted to come out of the classroom. God bless you with this job. You need to have a positive outlook about it. You need to have a positive perspective about it. You need to have some positive thinking. And I elevated my thinking, y'all. I changed my thinking. Do y'all know? And so the next year, I started out 2020, 2021 school year. I started out as an itinerant teacher. But guess what? God gave me a new position. <laughs> God gave me a new position in the middle of the school year. I believe that it was a direct reflection of me elevating my thinking, of me getting rid, rid of that toxic, toxic, uh, negative thinking and thinking and turning that into allowing my whole demeanor, my attitude, my actions to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And once I changed my mind, the door was open for me to have a new position, y'all. And in that new position has come some new benefits, some good elevations and good benefits have come with this new position. So again, elevating your thinking, not only will it change your atmosphere, but it may move you. It may, like the lepers, they moved and then they were blessed. 
your elevation and thinking may move you at your job. It may move you out of that marriage if it's toxic and you need to get away. Your elevated thinking can move you in the spirit. It can move you into a new spiritual level. It can move you into even a new, um, like, um, spiritual position in Christ. So maybe you, you know, God will call you to preach the word of God, or if you are an ordained minister, maybe God will call you to be a pastor. Our elevation of thinking can change our disposition, but it also can change our position in life and our position on our job. So make sure that you're thinking is lovely, pure, honest, true of good report. Make sure that you're thinking well of yourself. Even make sure that you're thinking well of other people. If you have some negative thoughts about people, if you have some toxic thoughts about people, then assess why. Did that person hurt you? If so, you need to forgive them. Did that person overstep their bounds with you? If so, you need to have a conversation with them. So think about what you're thinking about. Think about the people that you're thinking about and get, get those things right with God. Like I said, forgive who you need to forgive, communicate with who you need to, for, to communicate with so that you have, so that you're in right relationship with God and that your negative thinking about somebody else will not hinder your relationship with God. So make sure you get your thoughts about others in line with God, as well as thoughts about yourself and watch God bless you and watch God elevate you in different areas of your life. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. You will begin to walk out even the more who God has called you to, to, to be. You'll be able to walk out even the more the destiny that God has placed within you if you get your thinking right. If you get your, if you have a, a, a if you have a, I hadn't planned to say that, if you have an ex-spouse, Get your thinking right about that ex-spouse, especially if you all have children together. Get your thinking right about them, okay? Get your thinking right about whoever you need to get your thinking right about, including yourself. So elevate your thinking. Amen. Amen. That is the word of the Lord on tonight.